pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. Did you ever read the novel To Kill a Mockingbird in school? Well, I did. And back when I was in school, I didn't appreciate the mandatory reading in my literature classes because, well, it was done out of obligation instead of personal interest. When it was on the news a few years ago that Harper Lee, the author, passed away, I decided to go to my local bookstore to give the Covenant Age novel a second chance. It didn't take long in this story, set in the Deep South during the Great Depression, to resonate with me. Because early on, the main character, who's a young girl named Scout, she's shown to be an avid reader even at a young age. However, her teacher has strict views on education and tells her she's not allowed to read with her father anymore. She's only meant to learn to read at school. It's at this point when the author, writing from the young girl's perspective, offers a quote that hasn't left my mind. And here's what it says. Until I feared I would lose it, I never loved to read. One does not love breathing. Now, breathing is what's called an involuntary function, controlled by the brainstem. In other words, you don't need to think about it for it to keep working. And it's not something you notice unless someone either brings it to your attention, like I'm doing now, or if you're having difficulty doing it. And if you do have difficulty breathing, it's instinct to panic and to do everything possible to get it back to normal. Now, if you've ever had an asthma attack or if you've choked on something, there's nothing quite like the relief that washes over you when that process you took for granted goes back to normal. While though the memory of that moment will remain for a long time, it doesn't take long at all for breathing to once again go unnoticed, like a background routine on a computer or a mobile device. Several facets of discipleship are comprised of activities we would consider routine. Praying, worshiping on Sundays, getting together with fellow believers, to name a few. And as believers, we do these things because we are commanded to pray without ceasing, to commemorate the Lord's Supper until he returns, and to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. This makes complacency one of the most challenging struggles a disciple of Jesus Christ can face, because complacency is a natural byproduct of engaging in routine without incident. Once we feel secure in our routines, it's all too easy to no longer be fully engaged in our service to God. But take a listen to the warning that God, through the prophet Amos, gave to the nation of Israel in Amos chapter 6, verse 1, as well as verses 4 to 7. Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria, the notable men of the first of the nations, to whom the house of Israel comes. Woe to those who lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves out on their couches, and eat lambs from the flock, and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and like David, invent for themselves instruments of music, who drink wine in bowls, and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, 
they shall now be the first of those who go into exile, and the revelry of those who stretch themselves out shall pass away. This was a warning given to a people who forgot the higher calling, to love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their might, and with all their strength, and to love their neighbors as themselves. They ate lambs and ate calves, young animals. It was indicative of being concerned with present luxuries and neglecting God's province for future concerns. When they anointed themselves with finest oils, well, that showed that they were more concerned with putting on appearances than engaging in godly behaviors. All this while not being grieved over the ruin of Joseph. This showed that their selfish concerns, their personal care, was more important to them than alleviating the suffering of Christ's body happening right then. This passage is meant for me. As someone who can be more focused on what tie I'm going to wear on Sunday morning instead of reaching out to someone who's been in a hospital. In these moments, I don't love God's higher calling because participation is just something I do. I'm not afraid to lose it. I'm not afraid to lose my inheritance in God's kingdom because these decisions and these routines will keep happening until one day it doesn't. How then do we fight off the plague of complacency which dulls our senses? While it seems that every generation of God's disciples, God's servants, have faced that question, the best answer I've found so far is in Revelation 3, verses 14 through 20. Now take a listen to what Christ had to say to the believers in Laodicea. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Complacency due to successful routines can cause a disciple to become focused on their own needs and pleasures rather than on the concerns of others. By encouraging the apathetic Laodiceans to buy gold from him, Christ is in effect telling all of us, Take the focus off our own wealth and our own personal needs and to focus on his immeasurable wealth of grace and forgiveness. But that can only happen if we start to listen for him standing at the door of our hearts and knocking. And if we listen for the word of God to prick at our conscience and we don't just hear but obey his voice with a ready mind and heart, we can then begin to fight off the battle of complacency that we will all likely face in our lives. 
As I'm recording this, the world is dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, also known as coronavirus. It's brought the global routines, good and evil, to a screeching halt. Many people are struggling with isolation. They're worried about how they're going to pay their bills. And they're wondering if life will ever be the same. And these are instinctive responses to deprivation of necessary routines in our lives. It doesn't make a person weak to feel these things. It doesn't make a person weak to have fear and anxiety. It makes them human. It's in these moments that we learn to love what we've taken for granted because we are afraid to lose them. Despite quarantines and effects throughout the United States, people are still finding ways to uplift one another with God's comfort. There are opportunities to pool together funds for those who have more to help those who have less. Yet for many believers, the greatest challenge might not be the sudden stop to life as we know it, but rather when life starts back up again. For when it does, the things we learn to love for fear of losing them are at risk of being pushed to the background of our minds once again. Sometimes, what we think is the great trial of our lives ends up being the training grounds for an even greater trial. If you've ever read through the book of Judges, over and over again, the Israelites repeatedly called on God in their period of suffering because they were afraid of losing something, their lives and their inheritance. But it's not in time of distress, but it's in the peace which followed that the Israelites once again fell away from their first love. So if you're listening to this during the outbreak, hang in there. Look after each other like you're doing now. And if you're listening to this when it's finally blown over, well, remember what you did then. Look after each other like you did when you were afraid of losing everything. So to conclude, I'm going to read a passage from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 to 11, one which we know talks about the sudden return of Christ. Now, concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then Sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of this night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. I want to thank you for 
listening to another devotion here on Pause to Consider. If you thought this was helpful for you, I hope you share it with your friends or your loved ones. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the Facebook and Instagram pages for further updates. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast streaming platform so you can get up-to-date information on when a new devotion is published. And above all, I, I hope this was helpful for you. And I hope that God will be with you and comfort you until we meet again, whether it's on the next devotion or whether it's in God's kingdom. God bless.